0: Hey, I'm Ade Oyeni, coming at you from Lagos, Nigeria, and you are listening to Vibe Check on the African Pre-Seed podcast. Hashtag Fluttergate, toxic workplaces. Wow, I mean, that's a massive conversation happening right now within the tech ecosystem. There was a really big explosive report by David Dudaine on the CEO of Flutterwave which is like the biggest most valued Nigerian unicorn startup you know um you know there were reports about him denying um, some former employees, stock options. There were sexual allegation reports um, in the article. There were reports around him creating a fictional co-founder character that the other co-founders didn't know about, you know, just so that he could have more Shares, you know, uh, I mean that was crazy. Really damning reports. The really, really interesting thing was a week or two before that, there had been a report from Tech about Ebun, who is also like the CEO and founder of Bento. It's a company that does um, employee financial um, financing, employees' PD, and all of that. And Ebun had already had a video online on Twitter that had gone viral like two years prior, um, where he was shouting. At, at at a customer, like really, 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 really aggressive and all of that. You know, and now this time around, six em- former employees came forward with screenshots and receipts of conversations that they've had with him where he like really lambasted them threatened to fire them or whatever it was you know and so that really triggered a lot of conversation around toxicity in the workplace you know a lot of conversation and it went viral I mean the conversation went viral beyond the Nigerian startup ecosystem into like workplace generally all the subsectors in, in, in Nigeria how business owners or bosses treat their employees and all of that you know so so, following that up with, like, the most valued Nigerian startup and all these allegations, like, it was just back-to-back, you know, boom and all of that. So, I think I think the cool thing is it is sending a message and a lot of founders are getting that message. And the fact that someone as powerful, as influential, a leading figure like uh, Agbola, who's the CEO of Flutterweave, he's being put on the spotlight. It sends a love message to the rest, you know, that... Um, no one can escape this, you know, no one really can escape this, you know. So founders are becoming more careful and the conversations are going on. The Fluttergate issue really did trigger a following concern, you know, about the bias around news media, you know, because after the Bento story, Clara Wanjuku, who is like an ex-employee of Flutterweave, came on Twitter and published a thread around Agbola, the CEO of Flutterweave, bullying her even after she's left the company, you know, and there was a thread around that. You know, so a lot of people were just tweeting like, about, investigate this, do this, jump on this story. Uh, about has like that reputation and precedence. They've done a lot of investigative reports in the past. Very, very respected technology publication in Nigeria and Africa as well. So within a week of that, then David Uden, he was like an investigative reporter, then releases the massive bombshell on so a lot of people were like, "Oh, tech about you guys are complicit in this. You guys are biased because he's your friend, or because he's like he's a very influential people in the tech ecosystem. Why didn't you investigate this? You know?" And it really, 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 really triggered a lot of conversation around you know bias for news operators. You know how to achieve objectivity as well and transparency. The tricky thing is, the co-founders of Flutter we have invested in Techcabal. Future Africa, a collective founded by uh, Inya Boyeji, and invested in Big Cabal Media, which is like the parent company for Tech BCM recently announced this year a $2.3 million uh, fundraise, and GB Bolan had also invested in that round. So it was a very tricky situation as well for Tech Cabal. The moment people got to know, like, oh, these guys are even your investors. Oh, you know, so it sort of really pitted them in a bad light. Like, you guys couldn't report on your investors, you know. But I think, take out this something really, really, really instructive and enviable. They did publish a report, an exclusive at Inya Boyeji, in which Inya did corroborate what was in the expose by David that Bolaon did have a fictional character, a Greg. The Greg had some shares. They never met the Greg. And they agreed that he, Bolaon, would hold... Greg shares until he returns from MIT or something like that, and then at the end of the article, Techabout did publish that oh, E and Bolan these two guys have invested in BCMR parent company. You know, so I think I think that was a lesson. I did see some Twitter conversation around that, like oh, that's instructive. Uh, that was really good transparency and all of that. Uh, but I would just like to share that. I mean, I've worked on this kind of stories before. These investigative reports, they do take weeks in some cases, months, Um, because you're talking to parties, you're talking to lawyers, you're investigating, doing a lot of due diligence. At times, you have to go through financial records and all of that. And people don't understand this. They don't understand the pressure that the newsroom goes through or journalists go through and expect you to just put out these kind of things in a week. You know, you want to do a really good job and protect your credibility. Web 3.0. Hit or hype? So Web 3.0 in, in Nigeria, in Lagos, I think it's a hit. Um, I don't think it's hype because the numbers don't lie. Year on year, the amount of transaction volume going over crypto, over blockchain transactions, just keeps increasing. Also because of the fundamentals of the economy, the Naira has been eroded every day, every week. So Nigerians are looking for an alternative way to store their money. They're trying to earn in dollars there are even some scenarios where employers are beginning to pay their employees in dollars instead of uh, the local currency. You know, so people are looking for ways to store this money, whether it's stablecoin or dollar or whatever it is. Now, this is where Web 3.0 comes in. It enables that solution. It enables that opportunity. And a lot of startups are jumping on that trend and building solutions. Yeah, they are very, 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 very tough regulatory environments. Entrepreneurs are expanding beyond Nigeria, uh, coming up with different solutions. But I think the goldmine what a lot of people are looking for, what founders are also trying to build are card solutions backed by crypto, but where you can spend daily and buy, you know, just go to the store and buy something regular. but You don't have to convert it in Naira. That's where the gold mine is. That's where people are trying to strike gold. Uh, I know that there are a few startups that have done something interesting around here. I think there's changera changera has a, a good card that works i know that patricia used to have something maybe like a year ago but they stopped their card solution i do not know why those are two players that i know that have done well breach is trying to do something interesting around play to earn but I'm yet to test the play-to-earn solutions out there. I I don't think it's vibrant yet. As vibrant as uh, Excel Infinity on Binance, you know, but it would be really cool to see a lot of play-to-earn solutions. Again, because people are trying to earn money, so if I can put $100 somewhere and play and make money, that would be really great. It would probably be like some alternative, or at least a cushion to the high unemployment rates out there. MTN, then... So, there was a time about four or five years ago where the Nigerian Communication Commission fined MTN for unregistered SIMs, and that is because, I guess, a lot of people know about the terrorist operations happening in Nigeria. You know these guys are using their phones to call, and the government expects every SIM card to be registered so that they can trace the owners of those calls. They were fined very hefty fine about three billion dollars, and it was a very 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 shaky period for MTN. I remember I was doing due diligence for a certain company in the UK then on on MTN and the operations, and they were asking me like, "Are they going to survive this?" I was like, "At the end of the day, it's going to become like a political play," and and. Yeah, it did happen where I think the South African president got involved and did have a meeting with the Nigerian president as well. But again, as they say in business, you grow so big that you almost cannot die. You know, so I think that also played well for MTN. MTN is the largest telecom operator, significantly. It was just until recently that Etel began to like really catch up. It would be really devastating for them to have shut down. You know, it did look scary, but... I think they had, like, really good strength and wings under their seal. Are you trying to japa? <laughs> Am I trying to japa? <laughs> Interesting. I mean, so, for the uninitiated, japa is, like when you escape Nigeria, you know, a lot of people feel like they're like harsh economic realities. So they're like, man, I need to escape. And it's interesting, even people that have good jobs, uh, so many living in posh areas, they're trying to escape. You know, Jack is like escape, like they're trying to escape and, and go to Canada or, or, or the US or the UK or something. Because, I mean, yeah, you can have a lot of money, but what happens when, for example, you get shot? And this has happened, like... There was a story that went viral, I think about four years ago or something on Twitter, where a really wealthy man died just because there was traffic. He had a heart attack and the ambulance couldn't to get into the hospital on time. There's that scare for even people that are doing financially okay, like, oh, I could have money, but what of the quality of life? You know, so why do you want to be in that environment where you can jackpot? You know, so tech offers a very, very, very easy and brilliant route for a lot of people to jackpot. There have been a lot of people who, who didn't even go to university and just they just learned whether it was graphics or programming, got jobs, built up their profile. Next thing, they applied on LinkedIn, got a remote job and traveled. I have friends back in the day who were struggling, like really, really struggling uh, with their family, wife, kids, really struggling. And now I see them on Instagram, living their life, coding for, I don't know, Reebok, Adidas, whatever it is. It does offer the opportunity to travel and live a better life, earn well. And also some of these opportunities give you, provide permanent residencies and even citizenships in some example. You know, So it's like, a ticket to a golden life. A lot of people have considered I've taken this leap and it's worked out for them. There have been very, very few conversations online, whether YouTube videos or Twitter threads about how, or oh, if you travel, it can be lonely, maybe for people in some cities in Canada where they're in a lot of Nigerian communities, you know, it can be lonely, it can be difficult, there's culture shock, you know, but generally it's good because you have a good skill, the skill that's hot in demand, and you can get well paid. So why should you not jackpot? Hmm. I always say this humorously, that the only reason you should not jacquard is if you heard God call your name. You're going to make it in Nigeria. Start a business in Nigeria. That's about the only reason why you shouldn't jaqua. For founders, they are building value go back six, seven years where the only option for to receive payments online was InterSwitch and InterSwitch API was 150,000 naira. It was probably like $700. People couldn't afford it then. Now, it's plug and play with Paystack, Flutterway. You're paying nothing. You, you know, they're just earning off commissions on your transactions. You know, so like founders and operators are building a lot of value down here, creating a lot of value. Look at what Andela has done, helped train a lot of local engineers, software developers, and created opportunities for them in the global market space. You got to give it to them. Like founders are doing something brilliant for this economy, Any serious government, any serious president, any senior governor should appreciate them. They are building value. They are creating jobs, employment. They are attracting foreign investment. Look at what Jumia and Konga have done from 2012. Yeah, e-commerce has not been as big as it was promised, but these guys have attracted nothing less than $300, $400 million into the tech startup space. A lot of people have learned in that space. You know, that money has gone to the altar to build what we have right now, to fund a lot of learnings, a lot of talent, a lot of technology, a lot of relationships, you know, and now we have what we have. I think they're doing something good. I must add, though, that even founders seize this opportunity to get a second passport. I mean, you know the UK has global talent. They're trying to attract really good technical talent. So a lot of founders use this opportunity to get a second passport, but they still keep touch with home base. So, thanks for listening. If you're an Africa-focused founder or investor looking to learn more about Africa's tech ecosystem, check out africanpreseed.com. For more great content. Otherwise, that's all for now. I am Adeguki Oyeni. This has been five Check. Remember, build something people want. And take care.